From Batman to outer space to time travel. Today we bring you a man who just kept going. Quiet on set. And action! Today, on action, we are talking about Christopher Nolan, a man who Scrappy did not know was British. I only admire his work, okay? I have never actually heard him say anything. I hadn't even seen a picture of him until I did research for this. You've never seen a picture of Christopher Nolan? No, I've not. Okay, interesting. Would you like to start, or would you like me to start? You go ahead and start. I feel like I'm kind of failing on his early life. Okay. I've got his birthday and what college he went to. Christopher Nolan was born on July 30th, 1970 in London, England. His parents are Brendan and Christina Nolan. His father was British and his mother was American. He has two brothers, Matthew, who is older, and Jonathan, who is younger, making him the middle child. Um, his family spent time in both Chicago and London growing up. He was interested in film from a young age, and at around the age of seven, he started using his father's Super 8 camera to film shorts and stop motion and little live-action video shows. Which he did with his younger brother, Jonathan, and that continued throughout both of their entire film careers. Mm -hmm. because... They work together a lot. Yeah. Today, Nolan is one of the most well-known directors in Hollywood, and one of the most famous directors in Hollywood, despite not doing a whole bunch of projects. Yeah. He has only done 12, not even 12, because the 12th one hasn't come out yet, but about 11 and a half major projects since 1998, which is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of just proof that he's making these for himself. Yeah. He wants to do these projects. I feel like the the low number of projects kind of just shows that he really didn't give up. He's just doing this because he wants to. Because he's always been interested in this kind of thing. I think the low number of major projects shows that it really is an interest that he wanted to take further. Um, but he did do a lot of projects, and we'll talk about this, during his college and young adult years. Yeah. So here's his journey of how he became one of Hollywood's most well-known directors. When he was young, he was influenced by George Lucas's Star Wars movies and Ridley Scott's dystopian-type films. He wanted to be a filmmaker at the age of 11. That's when he really kind of knew what he wanted to do with his life. When he was a teenager, there were these two kids named Adrian and, and Rocco Bellic who made films and stuff with him. And in 1989, he and Rocco, Nolan and Rocco, directed Tarantella, and it was shown at the Image Union. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I think it's some type of film festival. It was also shown on PBS, which yeah. is something that is pretty well known, and you'll actually recognize that one. I didn't know it was shown on PBS. Mm -hmm. The next thing I have is his school, and I know you said you had what school he goes to, went to. Yeah. He doesn't go there, so I'll let you take that. Well, I've read that he went to a couple different universities, but he settled on um, the University of University College London. I think that's what it's called, which I think, man, that's a little weird. The name. Kind of I, I feel like it's weird to say because there it's not University, University. College of London. It's University mm. College London. And it says University and College in the same name. Yeah. Mm. Things are different yeah. in the UK, so it's uh, going to sound weird to us. <laughs> yeah. He knew he wanted to go into film, and there were several schools that offered really good film programs that he mm -hmm. opted not to go to. And he ended up studying uh, 
English literature. And he chose that as his major and graduated with a bachelor's because he wanted to have multiple takes on everything. He wanted yeah. to get as much perspective as he could. And the reason he chose UCL was because of their, their film department and the equipment that they had and how advanced it was for the time. I feel like his doing English literature, he writes the scripts for a lot of his movies. And I feel like him doing a bachelor's degree in English literature really helped him to be able to do that kind of thing so he can make a script that he wants to do and he doesn't have to rely on somebody else to do it for him and he can really make the movie that he wants to make yeah. by being both the writer and the director and sometimes even the producer. He graduated in 1993 and while he was at the University College London, he was president of the Union's Film Society and he met his wife at school, Emma Thomas, and they, she was also in the Union's Film Society and she would help him make and screen shorts. They also work together a lot, he and his wife, and they've been working together since he was in college. So, obviously not as long as his brother, but like Nolan and his brother, Nolan and his wife work together a lot. Um, Nolan and Thomas, they got married in 1997, and they have four kids together, and as I said before, they often work together on films. They collaborate a lot. Uh, she's usually a producer, though. They have a production company called Syncope Inc., that I think they both own, and usually it's his wife who does the producing, and they don't do every project together, but a lot of projects that Chris has done, you'll see Emma's name on there too. Which is kind of really cool. Yeah. That's kind of the way, way to be, yeah. honestly, in my opinion. Anyway. After he graduated in 1993, he began directing corporate and industrial training videos. Which is which kind of just a, that's, that's a way in, it, basically. It's a way in. It doesn't sound like a very fun way in. No, but, but for, like, once you first start out in that kind of job, you're probably just like, it's what I can do. I'm yeah. kind of doing what I like. It's it's a good way to get your foot in the door. Yeah, that's, so, what, I, that's the, what I was saying. Yeah, and while he was working on those, he was also working on... Hold on. There's something that came before that. He worked as a, a script reader and camera operator before he worked on... On the corporate stuff? Yeah. I didn't know that. That would be cool. Script reader. But, um, 1995, he worked on a short titled Larceny. He shot it using the University Film Society's equipment, and it appeared at the Cambridge Festival in 1996. Well, here's a fun thing about that, though. They shot it over the weekend, over the- over weekends, oh. over the course of a year, and- mm. It was shot in black and white, and they used as little of the equipment as they possibly could because it cost them money. And they had to rehearse, like, every take extensively so that they the first or second take was in the final cut. Hold on. Are, we ta are you talking about the short, or are you talking about his film following? Oh, maybe I am talking about following. Because that sounds like the stuff I have written down for following. Okay. I thought, I thought I was mixing up following and larceny. Yeah. Larceny came before following. Right. But you are absolutely correct with all of that information about the following. Okay, yeah. So, while he was working on these corporate and industrial training videos, he was also working on the following, which was his first feature film, and he was working on it with a group of friends, and they would work on it over the weekends, and it took them at least a year to get it all done. 
Yeah. The following came out in 1998, and he and his friends shot about 15 minutes a week of the movie. And in order to make it so they had to do minimal editing, they would rehearse it a lot. Kind of like how you would rehearse for, for a, play. a play or a musical. They only had... I think they had about 3,000 pounds to do it with. That was their budget, was 3,000 mm-hmm. pounds. And I got that their budget was $6,000, so I don't know if that's equal to pounds, to 3,000 pounds or not. Well, um, let's look it up. Okay. And they, they used gorilla techniques to make it so that they didn't have to spend a, a whole bunch of money. And the film ended up grossing $48,482, and it was recognized at many film festivals when it came out. In 1997, he filmed and released Doodlebug, which was the same year he married his wife, Emma, and Nolan's breakthrough film didn't actually come to him until the year 2000 with the film Memento. The film was an idea that his brother Jonathan had come up with, so Jonathan was writing a short story that he had titled Memento Mori. That's how many US dollars 3,000 pounds was in 1998. $4,800. Anyways, Jonathan was writing a short short... He was writing a short story titled Memento Mori, and he pitched the story to Chris for a movie idea. Chris wrote the screenplay and directed the film. The budget for the film was $9 million, and the film grossed a total of $40,047,078. It brought success to both of the brothers, and it won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Something that I want everybody to know about him before he directed Memento is that when he was making shorts and the following, uh, he really struggled to get projects off the ground, and he also struggled to get funding for those projects, which is where his just keep going thing comes in. Like, even though he struggled with funding, he didn't let that stop him, and he just kept on going. Memento the movie, and the short story, were finished around the same time, and I've actually heard that they are very different. They kind of follow, like, the same storyline, I guess, um, but they're not the same. They're very different, is what I've heard. So, and Memento was Nolan's second film, and it was released in 2001. He struggled to find a distributor for Memento, but eventually it was distributed by New Market Films. One thing we can talk about after that. Memento and Following were his two get-off-the-ground kind of films. Because mm-hmm. after that, he was starting to get noticed, especially by Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, especially after Memento. Mm-hmm. But yeah, after Memento, he was recruited by Steven Soderbergh. Is it Soderbergh or Soderbergh? Soderbergh. Soderbergh. He was recruited by Steven Soderbergh to work on Insomnia, which came out in 2002. I didn't write down a whole bunch on Insomnia. Is there anything you want to say about that movie? or um The... Actors who were in Insomnia, they wanted a more seasoned director. They wanted somebody that knew what they were doing and had done more (laughs) movies in the past. So not Christopher Nolan. Yeah, definitely not Christopher Nolan, but Steven Soderbergh, he was just like, no, trust me on this. He can do it. And that was really what got him from having a foot in the door to opening the door completely. That was his opportunity of a lifetime and he didn't waste it. Who knows where he would be if he didn't take that opportunity. Or if it wasn't given to him in the way that it was. Luckily, Steven Soderbergh saw him as the best guy for the job. Yeah. Following Insomnia, he planned a Howard Hughes biographical film that he wrote the screenplay for. However, he shelved the idea slash project after learning that Scorsese was doing something similar. Which, valid. I would honestly probably do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. 
like if some super well-known director was also planning to do something very similar to one of my projects, I'd be like, nope. I would either be really petty or I'd be like, I shouldn't have even thought of this in the first place. <laughs> Wrong person. Yeah. Put it on the shelf. Maybe come back to it in a couple years when everyone has forgotten about the other one. <laughs> or when everybody's run out of ideas and we're just going through old dusty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then, after that, he began work on turning the keys to the street novel into a screenplay, but he also left that project because of similarities to previous films he'd done, and he'd only done, like, two films before that, so... Honestly, kind of valid, though. When I'm doing something that I care about, or, like, when I'm taking pictures or doing photography, mm -hmm. I'm like, if it's looking like something that I've done before, I know it's gonna not gonna turn out perfect, I just kind of scrap the idea completely, mm -hmm. which is not really how you're supposed to be. Because you never know how the ending is actually going to turn out. Like, you never yeah. know exactly how it's going to turn out. And you really should... You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, so take all of your shots. Yeah. But, yeah. Honestly, kind of feel it. I kind of just go for it. I just I go for everything. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you give me an opportunity, it's very likely I'm going to jump on that opportunity. Most of the time, I see it through. After that, he then started adapting a film version of The Prisoner. Which he also dropped out of. So that's three things in a row, three projects that he just dropped or shelved. Which doesn't seem like him. Yeah. Before it seemed like he would jump on every opportunity to do something, even a short film, mm -hmm. that made him a handful of money that he could then make a, a longer film. Yeah. Barely. You know? Yeah. But if he if he really wasn't interested in it, like there are projects like if your heart's not in it, Don't then it's probably try. not gonna turn out very good. If your heart's not in it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. That's a, that's a big thing amongst creators. Like, if you're not passionate about the project you're working on, and if your heart's not in the project you're working on, then you shouldn't be working on that project. It's not the project for you. It should be somebody else's. Someone who will give it their all when, if you're not really into it, it's not going to turn out great. Yeah. In 2003, he began work with Warner Bros. to revive the Batman franchise. Nolan's Batman was Christian Bale. He's the Batman I grew up watching because he's my mom's favorite Batman. He made it grimmer and more realistic than the Batmans that came before his Batman. Those were, like, more comic-y, like The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm saying it, were... it's more Baroque. Yeah. In creating his Batman franchise this way, Nolan created a new trend for superhero films, making them move away from the comic book roots and more towards realism. The first Batman he worked on... Wait, whoa. <laughs> After the first Batman, he then went to work on The Prestige, which came out in 2006... Do you have any information on that movie? Because all I have is the release date. Not 2006. Really, no. It's not even the release date. It's the release year. After the Prestige, he began work on the second Batman film, The Dark Knight. This is a movie that he worked on with his brother Jonathan. They, I think, wrote the script together. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2008, and it became one of the highest grossing films of all time, which is very impressive. Especially for it being, like what, his fifth thing? Yeah, like his fifth movie. I think it really was his, you have the following Memento, Insomnia, Batman. Wait, didn't, did something come after Insomnia? The Prestige. Then Batman. Then Batman, right? I'm gonna get it. Oh wait, Batman, The Prestige, The Dark Knight. 
It was his sixth one. And then after The Dark Knight, he did Inception, which came out in 2010. And this project was a realization of a script that he had started a decade before. This film, Inception, won him his second Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. His seventh film got him his second award. That's kind of crazy. That's really crazy Like, this guy, I have a list of awards pulled up on my laptop. And this guy has won 141 wins and 236 nominations. And he's done 11 movies. So that's kind of insane. And we'll go over the awards in just a little bit. We're almost done with all of this other information we're giving you. Because he hasn't done a lot. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't done much. Like, at all. After Inception, Nolan wrapped up his Batman trilogy with The Dark Knight Rises, which came out in 2012. Um, I don't have any more information on that. Do you have any more information on that? Of what? The Dark Knight Rises. I'm gonna no. take that as a no. I'm gonna ask you this after every movie now, because now all I have I is don't, the years they came out. I don't really have much on any, on any of them. Any of the movies. There's not Neither much. Neither do they're I. They're all smash hits. Yeah. And Dunkirk we'll has Harry Styles in it. And yeah. We'll probably do individual episodes on all of them eventually. Yeah. After he finished Batman, he was recruited to help reboot the Superman in... Reboot the Superman. Goodness. Man of Steel. He was recruited to help reboot Superman in the Man of Steel, which came out in 2013. And then his next project was Interstellar, which he wrote with his brother Jonathan, and that came out in 2014. That's one you've seen, right? Yeah, and I'm surprised that you haven't seen it. I I actually stayed up until, like, I don't know, I think it was, like, 2 a.m. watching it on my phone at school. <laughs> it's it's on the list of movies I need to watch. It's really good. Uh, I mean, it's really long, and it can be confusing at times, but it's really good. I'll watch it eventually. Um, in 2017, he wrote and directed Dunkirk, and in 2020... He wrote and directed Tenet. Tenet actually came out while I was at my campus during the middle of COVID. <laughs> and a whole bunch of film students that I was in classes with, they went and saw it. And I think I was probably one of the only ones who didn't go see the movie. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I was broke and I don't know how they were paying to go to the movies. Because I had, like, no money. So I was like, I'm not gonna go spend 20 bucks at the movie theater. When you need to buy food tomorrow. When I need groceries. <laughs> it was a choice, and I needed food. But um, right now, at the moment that this episode is coming out, and at the moment we're recording this episode, Nolan and his wife are working on their next film titled Oppenheimer. Is that how you say that? Something like that. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. I don't know. It is currently set to come out sometime in 2023, and that's pretty much all the information I have for you on Nolan. There is one more thing that's kind of like a fun fact. Nolan is actually one of the only directors that doesn't film his movies digitally. Nolan still uses celluloid, and this is because of his, like, a tour status and the smash hits he's had. Like, all of his movies have crushed the box office. So, movie distributors and companies kind of just tell him, like, yeah, if you want to film on celluloid, here's the money to film on celluloid. And filming on celluloid is really expensive. So, when you see those high budgets on his movies... It's probably all celluloid. A lot of it is probably celluloid. And now, for the last part of this video, we are going to list off the awards he has won and been nominated for. 
How many do you think we could make it through? There's so many. Like, do the most Let's popular ones? Let's do the most popular ones. Like, the Academy, Academy Awards. Awards. The BAFTAs are pretty big. I've never heard of the AACTA. So, the Academy Awards and the BAFTA Awards? Yeah, I think so. There's not won any of those. Well, we want to find some who's won. Okay, goodness. There's, guys, There, there's so many awards here. Like, Steven Spielberg did not have nearly this many. And Steven Spielberg has done, what, 33 movies? A lot. Since the 70s. Yeah. And Nolan has done 11. 11. <laughs> I'm just gonna start reading down the list, I guess. And we'll see how far we get. The oh. Academy Awards. In 2018, he was nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year for Dumb Kirk which he shared with his wife Emma Thomas, and he was nominated for Best Achievement in Directing Dunkirk. In 2011, he was nominated for Best Motion Picture of the Year with Inception, shared with his wife Emma Thomas, and for Best Writing Original Screenplay for Inception. In 2002, he was nominated for Best Writing Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen, Memento, which he shared with his brother Jonathan Nolan, who's credited with the story. And those are all the Academy Awards. The BAFTA Awards in 2018, he was nominated for the David Lean Award for Direction and the BAFTA Film Award for Dunkirk. And he was nominated for Best Film with Dunkirk in 2018, which he shared with his wife Emma Thomas. In 2011, he was nominated for Best Director for Inception and Best Screenplay Best Original Screenplay for Inception and Best Film for Inception at the BAFTA Awards. In 2018, he won an AACTA International Award for Best Direction of Dunkirk. In the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, in 2021, he was nominated for Best Director and Best Writing for Tenet. In 2015, he was nominated for the Best Director for Interstellar, and he won the Saturn Award for Best Writing, which he shared with his brother Jonathan. In 2013, he was nominated for Best Director the Dar uh, for The Dark Knight Rises. In 2011, he won Best Director and Best Writing for Inception. In 2009, he was nominated for Best Director for The Dark Knight, and he won the Best Writing Award for The Dark Knight, which he shared with his brother Jonathan. And in 2006, he was nominated for Best Director for Batman Begins, and he won for Best Writing for Batman Begins, which he shared with David S. Goyer. He won one in every year except for 2021 in that one. He's popular at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Well, that's because The Dark Knight is a really good movie, and Interstellar, they actually use in science classes. Yeah. For the AFI Awards, in 2002, he won Screenwriter of the Year for Memento. I'm going to scroll down a little bit. We're not listing all of them. There's just too many to tell you all of them. And um, this is readily available information on the on internet, so IMDb. if you're that curious... You can find it on IMDb. Um, the American Cinema Editors. In 2011, he won the Golden Eddie Filmmaker of the Year Award. He was nominated for the American Screenwriters Association in 2002 for Memento. And in 2009, for the American Society of Cinematographers, he won the Board of the Governor's Award. In 2015, in the Art Directors Guild, he won Contribution to Cinematic Imagery Award. Here's another one from Memento that he won in 2001 from the British Independent Film Awards. He won the Best Foreign Independent Film English Language for Memento. Uh, in 2018, he was nominated for the DGA Award 
for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Feature Film for Dunkirk 2011. He was nominated for the DGA Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Motion Pictures for Inception, and he was nominated for the same thing in 2002 and 2009 for Memento and The Dark Knight. Golden Globes. In 2002, he was nominated for Best Screenplay Motion Picture for Memento. 2011, he was nominated for Best Director Motion Picture for Inception and Best Screenplay Motion Picture for Inception. And in 2018, he was nominated for Best Director Motion Picture for Dunkirk at the Golden Globes. I am going to be done scrolling through that now because we're over halfway through this list and it's just a lot. Point is, don't give up on your dreams. Because you never know when they're going to start sticking. Yeah. Christopher Nolan's a good role model for that. As far as we know. But as far as film is concerned, he's pretty great. Yeah. With that, we end this episode. Thank you all for listening or watching. I mean, there's not a video portion of this episode, but if you pulled it up on YouTube... You're probably you're... cleaning your bathroom or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at actionpodcast.cs. And what's the Twitter? ActionPodcastCS. Subscribe to our channel. And we are uploading videos now. This this episode did come out a little bit after we started uploading videos, but um, check those out. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to Huck and Scrappy. We're hoping to start uploading videos on that soon. And follow us on whatever you're listening to us on. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Literally anywhere. And with that, we'll see you all next time. Or you'll hear us next time. Bye, everyone.